Hello, everyone. I hope you're all staying well this week. And thanks for tuning in on today's episode. I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera. And today you'll be meeting Liz Rouge and Guinevere Ronwin, who are the founders of the transformational experience Colors of Love over in Thailand. Colors of Love is a platform for connection, creation, and celebration, bringing together dreamers, doers, and believers. It unites people from around the world in unforgettable experiences to awaken their dreams and highest potential. Simultaneously a movement, community, and in-person gathering, Colors of Love has become synonymous with dream activation, creating practical and uplifting experiences in wellness, art, and music to inspire people to share their Colors of Love in the world. After gathering momentum since their first gathering in 2017, Colors of Love has taken the opportunity of a global pause to dream up their next offerings with an online community platform, a record label, and a non-for-profit foundation all being launched in 2021. We can only imagine what 2022 will bring for those that dare to dream the world into a better place for all. Today, we discuss the origin of Colors of Love, dream activations, and so much more. These colorful Musai are dreamers to watch, and you can follow them on Instagram at wearecolorsoflove. Gwyn and Liz are also preparing a very special Musai mix under their DJ duo, Wild Surrenda, which will be out on Tuesday, April 27th. So stay tuned for that musical journey. I hope you enjoy this episode. And here's Colors of Love founders, Liz LaRouge and Guinevere Ronwin on Musai Collective. Hello, Guinevere and Liz. It's so nice to see you both here today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to share your story with everybody and all the magic you've created over the years. Thank you. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having us. Yeah, what a pleasure to be here with you. Yes, it's so nice. Tazia actually connected as Gwen a year ago because she felt that we would be a great match to meet and, you know, just talk about our projects and connect. And here we are. So <laughs> thanks, Tazia. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I, I was really thrilled to be put in contact with you. And, you know, you never know what these connections with sisters will bring up. And it's really wonderful that uh, we're able to be part of your new project, the uh, Moosai Collective. So yes. thank you, Tazia, for that <laughs> initial okay. Yes. So I want to start off by talking about your project, Colors of Love, which you founded together, which is a transformational retreat experience based over in Thailand. Can you share with us what exactly your ethos is and what's the backstory? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Liz. Colors of Love is a platform for people to come together to connect, create and celebrate. And we found this amazing experience by actually Guinevere and I getting married in 2016. It was a test pilot for the concept we had of creating a platform for people to come together and celebrate love. And at the time it was our wedding and we there was such an impact from the event that we vowed that the next year we would do an anniversary. And from that anniversary, we decided, okay, so it's not about our wedding this year. So what is it going to be about? And we decided that it would be about people's dreams and activating people's dreams. And so from that, Guinevere? Yeah, so, you know, something that was really special was the way that actually at our wedding, our entire, the entire experience had come together through the power of community. And, you know, we realized that it had been a celebration of love. I mean, really, it was a ceremony of love the entire week. And, and so that's what we wanted to, to hold for people was to create a ceremony of love in, in the Colors of Love experience, a a really deep dive into a community experience where, like Liz said, you know, you came together to connect with yourself and each other to create something magical together and to celebrate life together, you know, and, and, and that being all the colors of love. When we decided on the name Colors of Love, it really wanted, it was really about representing the spectrum of experience that we go through as humans on this planet, you know, and, and, and within ourselves, you know, it's not about all the light or the dark, it's about all of it together and, and really coming into acceptance of what we experience and, and also acceptance of each other. Yes, yeah, so it was a, it was a really incredible thing to see for our wedding and, and it just blossomed from there. The following year was just amazing to see the way that people really wanted to come together and celebrate each other and be part of something. And, 
and we realized that actually it was it was a movement it was a movement of love it's so amazing and, <laughs> and from that it became such a an, an interesting journey because when we made it about dreams in 2017 and activating people's dreams giving people the space to share their dream to a community of 200 people and and some strangers actually all of a sudden you started to see a ripple effect and it was really really powerful it was like okay right when we get the opportunity to share our dream look what can happen mm. and we can probably touch on that more later yeah that's so incredible thank you for sharing this not so often you hear an origin story of an event come from something like this actually blossom from your love of you know, a wedding and then snowball from there and become this entire movement. That's so incredible. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think we should also, we should also say that we're not actually together romantically anymore. We actually, <laughs> we actually separated romantically in the end of 2018, but we've worked really, really hard to, to maintain and reform a new relationship, you know, and, you know, love, Love never dies, it just changes form is what we've always come back to. And, you know, the love that we have for each other and the, the ability to create with each other, you know, we're such incredible collaborators together. That was that was part of the magic of our of our love romantically. But That's what nice. remained was the the friendship and the desire to create amazing things together. You know, we kind of always had a feeling like our love was bigger than we understood that we were coming together for a purpose that was beyond what we could understand and and actually we've realized that the legacy of our romantic partnership is actually in the co-collaboration as best friends and creative partners and it's and it's really wonderful it's not always been easy uh as you might imagine you know going through a, a romantic separation you know it's been very it's been a very public change and shift into that relationship which again is not always easy to have everything on display all the time but, but that also comes down to to how real and raw Liz and I are you know we we don't hide anything from our community. You know, we we share everything and people have seen us at the best of times and the worst of times. But I'm really happy to say that we've we've really come through everything together and we now have this beautiful thing that we still we still enjoy working on and creating. Yeah. I mean, you don't hear that too often, I think, where people were in romantic relationships and then transitioning into a co-collaborative project, which is like so powerful and profound and changing people's lives ultimately with a movement and this collaboration. Sometimes people split ways and that's it. I'm not talking ever, ever again. I think for us, it was always about the, the bigger picture. You know, it was always about we were in service to something bigger than us and we got married and there was something always bigger than us we didn't understand. And now we understand it. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, we were in service to holding space for people and for the betterment of humanity and helping people to activate their dream. And so whatever breakup story was in between, it was like, no, that's that's like very third dimensional. This is really five dimensional. We want to help people and we want to make an impact. And so we've always honored that agreement and that vow to each other, I guess. And so that's been a really beautiful part of this journey. Yeah, it's so incredible. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to talk about last year's edition in March 2020, which was actually canceled the day before the event at the start of the worldwide lockdown. And you actually had attendees who had arrived, but had to end up staying in lockdown together with you all. So can you share with us this experience and how, you know, what should have been a four or five day event turned into a 30 day deep transformational journey. Liz? (laughs) (laughs) Has Gwen got this one or have I? It's really amazing because, you know, at the time, you know, we'd been watching things unfold and you don't actually realize what is about to happen in the world. And every day there was just, the, you know, the cones kept moving and we were like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen. And all we know is, all right, the event's cancelled. Okay. When you have a group of people who've arrived from all over the world checking into their accommodation who still against, you know, flights being cancelled and the world's recommending people stop travelling, people have decided, no, I'm still going on my holiday in Thailand. I trust that this is right for me. They've come and they've arrived. And so... We had a cancelled event and we were all basically locked down together in in a hotel situation, which then became a really beautiful journey because, you know, we knew all together that the world 
was never going to be the same again. We'd all realised by now that, okay, the world is going to look really different after this holiday. For some people, for a, it was a holiday that they were coming for for five days, for 10 days, you know, and they knew that when they got home five or 10 days later, their life would be incredibly different. Like things were changing so fast. But for some people, they were like, okay, well, I'm not going to go back home because it doesn't look good where I'm, where I'm from. It doesn't look good here and it doesn't look good there. And people decided to stay and extend their stay or they couldn't get home or the ones that could get home, they went home. And the, you know, the people that stayed, we created this amazing experience where strangers and people who already knew each other and loved each other all came together and thought, okay, well, what are we going to do? We're going to pray, you know, we're going to come together and we're going to, you know, band together as a community and make the best out of a situation we have no idea about. And it ended up being the most powerful journey of my life, you know, it's, and it's still ongoing. (laughs) Of course, we're all still in this situation a year later now, but um, for the people in that experience, it was it was a really beautiful, deep communion because, you know, when the world is turning and we've never experienced that in our lives, it's like, what else can we do and but come together in, in common unity? And, and I guess that, you know, as strangers, a lot of us actually, this, this year was a lot of strangers, like a lot of new people coming to Colors of Love, which was really, really beautiful because it showed that, you know, the message about and our intention about activating dreams and, and actually coming in ceremony to do that was, was working and it was bringing like-minded, amazing individuals despite the circumstance and the world going crazy together. And so, yeah, it was a re- really, really powerful, powerful time. I can only imagine, especially when you're in your mind as a guest, I'm going to go to Thailand for 10 days. So da, 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 da. I need a break <laughs> from life. And then now you're not going anywhere. What a feeling. And, and then to be surrounded by like-minded people and off bring whatever your gifts may be to this little community and share your gifts or, you know, your love and pray together or be together. And, you know, while the rest of the world is falling apart, you're doing something as a community to, you know, strengthen each other and help support one another. So how did this really bring about the importance of community and supporting one another during this time? Well, I mean, I think because it was such a uh, changing landscape, I mean, really, you know, until the day before, we still thought the event was going ahead and and it literally got cancelled the day before. So the, the expectation and the excitement of people being able to come to this experience at a time when it was still uncertain what was happening, it hadn't got so weird that people realised they were in a pandemic yet. It was still on that borderline thing, you know, there's a virus, people, you know, People have got this virus. It's in certain countries. Some countries are stopping flights. It was still so uncertain. And so as those coming, those those first days after the event was cancelled, where people, you know, we were all in this hotel. And what was incredible was the support network and the structure. Obviously, you know, we we have an event and we know how to put together the structure of an event and also the, the way the information is passed down and the way that we can collect the information and um, give it to the community in a succinct way. And also the way that we know how to hold a community through an experience that just suddenly had to come into play in a totally different way. And we found ways to hold everybody uh, and hold each other in a, in a kind of safety bubble where we, um, we made sure that the relevant information was available to every person that was there during lockdown, we made sure that people were supported emotionally um, by each other. We made sure that people had access to um, all the flight information that they needed to have. You know, a lot of people couldn't get home. Most flights had been cancelled. And then, of course, there was the practicality. You know, we'd gone into regional lockdown. So there was the practicality of being able to, to get food and get the things you needed from the town and supplies and all these different things. And, you know, there were systems that had to be in place for information, getting food, eating, being together as a community. and But mostly the emotional support network was just so extraordinary. I think because, you know, as you might imagine, a lot of the people that were coming to a festival or an experience like Colors of Love 
are quite open-minded. They are, a lot of them have been to festivals or traveled internationally before. They're people that relish uh, change and new experiences. But I think that kind of mindset also makes you very adaptable for uncertainty and for chaotic experience. And so people, you know, I was, I think we were all amazed at how we were able to just create a bubble of emotional safety and a bubble of love and keep ourselves in a positive, optimistic mindset when, you know, a lot of the world was going into a really, really deep space of fear, understandably. You know, there's an unknown and terrifying experience that the world was entering into. And to be able to just ride these waves of uncertainty and provide each other that support was just such a beautiful experience to see. And like Liz said, you know, the the bonds that you form in a time of crisis are lifelong and the experiences that we had in that time of lockdown were just were so filled with a sense of companionship and camaraderie that that, you know they're experiences that you will remember for the rest of your life and and something is to be said you know when we finally came out of lockdown I feel like we had managed to all keep our cups full you know even there was the disappointment that you know there was meant to have been an event that was cancelled and even though we'd been in lockdown which was as you can imagine pretty um chaotic and surprising and um you know at times stressful for everyone there I think we all managed to come out of that experience with very full hearts rather than feeling depleted by the experience which which meant the people could finally go back to their countries of origin feeling ready for whatever was to come rather than feeling drained yeah people really did who left Thailand after the 30-day lockdown, they really went home with an intention to be a shining light for people in their communities. Like New York City was crazy when they were returning, you know, and they had to make a choice. Do I stay on in Thailand and like deal with giving up my apartment, for example, or do I go home and I go into the belly of the beast and do I choose to be a light and they all chose to take their role and be a light and they all have done it. It's so beautiful to see like the people who went home after this experience have just gone and shone their light on on a situation where people had a very different experience to what we were having. You know, we had a very different experience at the beginning of a global pandemic yeah. and that is a real thing, you know, and the reality is, is that their families and their friends in, in New York and on Europe, they weren't having that experience. And so they sort of filled up their battery or their, their light bulbs and they went home and they just shone so bright. And, yeah. you know, it's not, obviously it's not been easy for all, all of us. It's a, it's a pandemic, but they went home with the intention to be in service in any way they can to make the lives of others a little bit softer, lighter, brighter. And that's that was something so beautiful that came out of that 30-day experience that everybody realised that it was their job, I guess, to step up in and hold that space of love and light for, for people who were going to be suffering in the world. So it's it's been beautiful yeah. to witness. And also the, the protocols that were employed during our lockdown were really you know, serious, you know, immediately we went into a very serious protocol about masks and hand sanitizer and, um, you know, not in isolation from the outside world and all those different things. And I think that that was very helpful for people to to have that experience for when they went back, because I, I know that certainly um, in the West, there was a lot of, you know, confusion about whether things like in masks or hand sanitizer or self-isolation or any of those things were actually um, worthwhile or, or necessary at the beginning of the pandemic. Now, those are their standard protocols. And I think that everybody that was here in Thailand understood that they were going to be standard protocols because that's what we were engaging in immediately. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot longer, for example, in America, people going back to America, it took months and months and months and months before people would respect that those were necessary protocols. So I think that that was actually a really, um, it was really good training for people to to understand that those things really, they really do help and work, you know, whatever, whatever people's uh, opinions are about it. Overall, I think it's understood that those those things really do help. It's so funny because it seems like, you know, what was supposed to be the five-day event, it turned into this like this activation for everybody, you know, where it's like, okay, now we're here together. When you leave, you are now the light. And now you need to bring your light into your communities, into your families. And 
be that anchor almost where people are, you know, panicking, they're anxious, they're confused. But, you know, after being in your little bubble there, it was like, it was, you like set them free, like, okay, <laughs> go spread your love. <laughs> it really was like that. Yeah, it, it is crazy because, you know, all the years gone by with Colors of Love, you hold this space for people to come with the intention to activate their dreams, you know? And every year there's people come and they come to the event with this intention. They leave and they go out into their world and they make a difference, whatever it is they want to achieve. And this year coming into like a country where the event is cancelled, but you still are choosing to have your holiday, you come into this community of people who are in the same situation and you still have the same intention, you know? Yeah. You still realize like, what is my dream? Like, what is, what am I, what is it that I really want to do in my life? And when everything like is stripped away from you, which this pandemic has essentially done for everybody, these people really became the beacons and they really chose to take the service of being the beacon of love and light, you know? And, and, and it's not easy for the people who've gone back to New York and have gone back to Europe and have done that done that you know but they're doing it and they chose that and it's beautiful to see you know it's really really amazing let's talk about this dream activation though because that is the main focus of colors of love what's the vision and intention of that so when that was first downloaded it was just a divine download you know these things just come they just come through it was that total actual divine download (laughs) <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day, Gwen, and just this is just good for bands here in this interview, but they were like, how did you decide on dream activations? And I was like, actually, it was just a real direct download. Like we just said, it's about dreams. <laughs> I know. And, and, and the thing is, you know, a lot of the things that Liz and I do, they're really guided by a higher energy. You know, we, so many of the things that we have created have literally just come through in that moment of total inspiration from the divine. You know, it just comes from beyond. And, and we are these incredible beings of, of creative potential. You know, every single person on this planet is an artist, whether they realize it or not. You know, you are creating continuously every decision you make, every action you take. Every thought you have, it is a creative expression of yourself. And that comes, I believe, from something beyond you. It is, it is something divine that comes through. And, and I remember, you know, the most important part of, of the first unofficial colors of love was obviously our wedding. So it was the ceremony of love. And when, you know, the idea to even create something called colors of love the following year was a, an inspirational moment. It's like, okay, but what is the fulcrum? What is the core? It was just like, it's a ceremony of dreams. It is not about us anymore. It is about everybody. And it's about activating every single person there into their higher self. It is about giving them the opportunity and actually the permission, the permission to have It is about permission. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they're allowed to have a dream. You, you know, whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever your circumstance, poor, rich, old, young, you know, from any color, creed, any background, you are allowed to have a dream in your heart and, and you are allowed permission to, to dream and to share that dream. Yeah, you know, we want to be walking permission splits. We want to say to people, you are allowed to dream. So, you know, we created this experience for people to be guided into believing that they can have a dream. And, and it start, the process starts even before you come to our experiences. It, it starts with the registration form. You know, it's, it's seeded early on and people start being given this platform. Well, hang on what is my dream? What would I do in the world if yeah. I could do anything? And, and by the time they get there, you know, they're brought into this very loving container, which yes, it is. It looks like a festival. There's music, there's workshops, there's yoga, there's meditation, there's all the things, but it is very carefully curated to continuously uplift people into themselves, to help them connect with themselves, to get to this point some days later where they feel united and encouraged, given courage by their community to step up into a giant golden pyramid with a microphone in their hand and speak their dream in front of the entire festival, which sounds terrifying to a lot of people. But what's so beautiful to see is that even the people that are shaking (laughs) or even crying 
with with Me hesitation or I mean, I've, I've been shaking and crying every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people, they one by one get up and do something so empowering, which is speak their dream for themselves, for the world, for humanity, for the animals, whatever it is. And they speak it in front of all of this community. And there is something very powerful about the neural pathways, the, the neural programming that is connected when you speak your dream publicly and you are witness and observed in that action, something happens, some kind of vow that you make to yourself, some kind of catalyst that is set off it suddenly starts this journey towards your dreams. And it has been amazing over the past years to see people activating their dream. That's so amazing. <laughs> I think there's something about having people step out of the, you know, society's norms and matrix of like, okay, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to university, you're going to get a job, you're going to work nine to five and that's it. You just have to pay your bills, the hamster wheel, right? And then people forget about what are my dreams? What am I passionate about? You know, and absolutely. sometimes people need that extra push of someone saying, but what is your dream? And, you know, now you're going to speak your truth and say it out loud with a whole another group of people that you, maybe you don't even know, but it maybe gives you a sense of responsibility for yourself because you're saying it out loud in front of a bunch of people. And so it's activated inside of you, maybe. <laughs> I think so. You know, I think once you say something to yourself, it's one thing. Once you say something to a friend, it's another. Once you say something to a group of strangers, it's like, I'm accountable. Okay, here I am. Yes. I'm standing here owning my shit and this is what's happening. <laughs> I'm going to make this happen. And you know, like, I don't make these dreams happen for these people. Gwen doesn't make these dreams happen for these people. Each individual here has made a statement to the universe that I'm going to make this happen. And you know what? They've taken the responsibility and they go out into their world and they make it happen. And, you know, it's it's so easy to dream, yet it's so something that we forget about so often, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Something so simple is is sometimes put to the side because of the hamster wheel, mm -hmm. like you said, yeah. you know? So, yeah, it's very, very beautiful, beautiful space to create. I love it. I really hope that I can come in the future. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, I, I will. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for Colors of Love? What do you envision for your future gatherings? You know, it's been an interesting time of pause for, for us and Colors of Love. It's been a time of deep introspection, you know. There's definitely been opportunities for us to have gone to places in the world like Tulum and continued to create parties and experiences for people. And that has, you know, been a question in our head. But at the same time, we've taken this opportunity and grounded down and gone inside and said, you know what, the next time we do what we do, we're going right back to the roots. You know, we, we started this to be of impact and we want to make maximum impact. And now in a world where, you know, the ability to dream is, is such a, it's, it's such a simple thing, but it's such a big thing and it's such a blessing. We want to be able to take our dream ceremonies and touch as many lives as possible. Not just the people that have the sort of privilege to come to parties and celebrations and, and have these experiences that we create, but we want to take the people that have that, that and the people that don't have the resources and bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. So the next iteration of Colors of Love is, is, currently under construction and it looks beautiful as the foundations are being laid. We're really excited to know that we've collected some of the most incredible dreamers, doers, believers and go-getters in the whole entire planet and they've got resources and, they've, and we know that there's a lot of places in the world that we're connected to through foundations and charities and organisations that we'd like to take our people with the resources to the people and their charities and organizations and foundations and bridge that gap and give them the ability to make their dream come true, you know? Yeah. And so right now we're a work in progress. And then on the other side, whatever we'll say. Yeah. So, so that's in terms of our gatherings, that's where things are going. And, you know, we, we always wanted to set up the Colors of Love Foundation. We always wanted our gatherings to eventually become synonymous with bridging that gap. But in terms of 
reflecting what's important in the world right now for connection, we are really excited to launch Colors of Love online platform really soon. And I mean, we actually, it was about three years ago, it was 2018 when we decided to do that. And we had this whole plan for how we could support people all year round with their dream activation. Because, you know, it's really amazing to see people empower themselves to speak their dream at our event. And then they go back to their lives and they're so um, excited about, you know, what they've set out for themselves. But of course, life is life. And, you know, people's self-doubts and insecurities come up. And throughout the year, you know, we find that uh, we all need a little helping hand and support going through the year to keep on track and to stay optimistic and just to have that emotional support through, you know, breaking through your blockages and and going beyond your perceived limitations. So we were really excited to set up something that would happen all year round online, a community forum, a, an inspirational platform that could support that process. And, and of course, it, we were very busy trying to run Colors of Love events in real life the last years, but having been the last year that it's been, it has become so essential and paramount now that everything is online that we do create this platform. But we've also, with, with the onslaught of all the things that are now online, we've really taken our time with it because we don't want it to just be part of the digital noise. You know, it's really apparent that as, as the pandemic came in, so much was then put over to our digital lives and it became an essential tool for connection. But it also became quite overwhelming, I think, for a lot of people of how much was suddenly available online. And that was often the only way for people to connect. But it also, I think, meant that people easily went to online connection and online experience rather than still trying to cultivate something for themselves in their own life, even if it was on their own, you know, during times of isolation. And I think that we have started to rely on our phones and our devices a lot, um, as well as get kind of sucked into a lot of online things. So Liz and I have spent a really, really long time curating and looking at how we can provide something that is really, truly meaningful and really focuses on real-time real person, real intimate connection and something that becomes a tool for your expansion, a tool for your community connection and a tool for your dream activation journey rather than another thing that you feel pressured to be part of or that you want to find the time for, but it's just so many other online things. So, Or something um, you have to build your profile for and to be seen and and, and to, to be noteworthy or appreciated. Yeah, we we don't want to create another thing where people feel like they need to be something online or they have to attend something online. We want it to really feel like a a worthwhile check-in that really provides a service that is loving, supportive and, and very real and raw. Right. Like you don't have to create this profile and build and have followings and da 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 da. It's like you can just like pop in and be like, what's going on here today? And be involved with the community, not so a yeah. status thing. Yeah. What can what can I get what can I get here that is going to help me uplift and shift my life? And what is going to help me in this platform to t- have tools to go out and serve the betterment of humanity, you know, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, what what do I look like on this profile so someone looks at me and sees what I have. Yes. As opposed to just I'm here. This is what I have. This is that what that person has. Connect the dots. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that something that has come through the through the last year is that there is so many um, platforms now that provide amazing uh, resources for community connection. Whereas when we were looking at doing this some years ago, there wasn't really the right platform for us to use. You know, we we don't want to encourage people to be on Facebook more. We don't want to encourage people to be on Instagram more. You know, I feel like those are already things which can, yes, they can be wonderful um, places for connection, but they can also be quite draining. They can also be places that people find a lot of comparison. They don't always make people feel good. Um, So now there is actually a lot more things in place and technology providers. There's a lot more technology providers that create standalone, bespoke, specific platforms for you to hold a community space, which does not require you to be in a, in, a, in a platform which is full of advertisements or specific programming to keep you on there to sell your attention span. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. For example, this whole clubhouse thing, when people are like, oh, have you heard of clubhouse and this and this and this, I'm like, uh, another thing that I have to like have another profile for. You have to really give your time 
wisely. And I think the more apps and all these noise, like Guinevere says, that gets created, it, it really does take away from our life force, you know, and it takes away from what we have to do. And if, if you have, like, for example, Lindsay, your mission right now is you're making amazing podcasts, connecting ama- with amazing people with amazing missions in the world and sharing their stories. And it's so awesome. And then, okay, you've got that time and that energy to devote to that. But then there's this app and this app and this app. And it's like, you just have to narrow, you just have to hone in on a couple of those things and really focus there. And that's my motto. Like I agree. choose one, focus there and that's it. And then, <laughs> I agree. The hysteria this is how I felt. This and I was like, this, like, who cares? <laughs> I know. And I would rather when I have a minute That's in between. Podcasts are great. Exactly. Because I feel like I'm connecting each week with amazing women around the world, sharing the stories. And then when I have my time for myself, I want to go for a walk. I want to go to the beach. I want to be in nature. I want to ground myself again because technology, this and this. But for me, this is such a passion project. I love doing this and I love speaking to amazing women every week and doing this. But then I also don't want to sit on Clubhouse for two hours listening to a bunch of strangers talk that I'm not connected to. So I'm over it. <laughs> exactly. 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 Well, you're doing a good job up lifting and shifting. So good work. Amazing. Thank you. Do you feel that dreams are more important now more than ever during a global pandemic to really face your dreams and think about what those may be? I feel like dreams are more important now than ever before. I feel like this has become a huge void, a giant space of possibility. And although it may seem Contra, contradictory for people to be dreaming at a time when maybe their resources have been cut, maybe they have lost their jobs, maybe there is a lot of uncertainty, maybe they have had illness, maybe they have even had deaths in the family um, during the pandemic. You know, it's, it's a time when people's morale can be quite low. I feel like having the courage and the ability to dream now when there is this huge what if and what can be created void in front of us is so utterly essential. Before, people were so obligated to the lives that were culturally, traditionally given to them. You know, people were had expectations from society where a lot of people were living lives that they don't really feel like they had chosen, they had fallen into. And even though it may have been traumatic for these lives to have been stripped away or to have been leveled to a, to a zero, you know, to a, a totally clear playing field, when that happens, you get to really have the time to sit back and look at what matters. We might die tomorrow. We're all going to die someday. But I think this pandemic has really reminded us we might die at any time and anything that we thought we had can be taken at any time. And nothing is guaranteed and nothing is certain. And you cannot take anything for granted. So if you have this one life, what do you want to do with it? Who do you want to be? What do you want to stand for? What is your legacy of love? And I think that this time we have really been given really an opportunity to reflect, to reset, to recalibrate and to restart our lives in whatever way we choose. And that starts with a dream. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I agree 100%. I feel like I had that, my own shift and what, what am I doing? What am I, what do I want? Like asking myself these questions back in the fall and, you know, and it was really profound for me because it's like, you think this is, you know, living in Toronto for the last 10 years, hustling in the music industry, doing all the things. And then really like everything stopped. And then I'm like, but what do I, what else do I want in my life? You know? And I don't know. I, I think I had a creative download with this whole Musai Collective thing. I didn't think I would ever have a podcast, but then it kind of just came to me and I was like, well, why, do, why can't I do a podcast? I don't know you what I'm doing. You had a download. <laughs> I think I did, really. It's so crazy. <laughs> but I didn't really realize it at the time. And so Liz, you were like, creative downloads. I was like, oh my God, I definitely, this download, like you're going to do this. And I felt it inside of me. And I think it's important for all of us to sit and uh, think about what do I want? Because I don't think we ask ourselves these questions enough because we're so stuck in our nine to five and da 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 paying the bills, the circle, the circle, the circle, the wheel. So yeah, we forget that we forget we have desires. We yeah. forget that we have a heart. And we forget that we have these things that are dreams, you know, and it's like people get to the last day of their life and say, oh, if only I did this, this and this and this and this. But we don't have to get to the last day of our life to have that 
thought, you know, and that yeah. inspired thought, that one thing that we want to do before we die. What is that one dream? And that one dream, once you dare to dream once, it's like, uh-oh, I made that one happen. I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do this <laughs> yeah. one. So all of a sudden you're just dancing with your dreams and it's like, okay, right, uh-huh. we can do this all the time, even if it's little. They don't have to be huge. They don't yeah. have to be grandiose. They can be so simple, but it's just having that moment with yourself to give yourself permission to dream, you know? Yeah. Well, what's next for your, your own personal dreams? <laughs> <laughs> well, question. Actually, my personal dream uh, this year was all about being able to share my poetry with the world and the pandemic allowed me to stop and like vanilla ice. My first tape that I ever bought um, when I was a child and listened to music was like Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. And it's like there's one part of it. It's like stop, recalibrate and listen. And this is basically what the pandemic is for me. You know? Wow. So it's like <laughs> I'm going to stop, recalibrate and listen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I basically have taken off my childhood first tape mantra. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd been writing poetry for years and it, it took, you know, my partner saying, you've got really amazing poetry. And I'm like, yeah, cool. That's nice. That's really good. She's like, you're going to make a book. And I'm like, oh, you're going to make a book? <laughs> really? And anyways, I, I ended up embarking on an amazing journey and I have self-published a book during this pandemic and I did an Indiegogo campaign and I raised the funds to amazing. self-publish the book and pay the artist who did the amazing graphics, my dear friend Christina Michaelis, and we together created something really potent and what it really is is a powerful anyway it's a really powerful tool for transformation it's it's 10 years worth of my poetry and it's transformational poetry it's from the shadow into the light my life has all been my life has been about like diving into the depths of my shadow and to find the light on the other side, you know, I've lived many lives in this lifetime. And on the other side of that is, you know, dreams, love, manifestation, abundance, amazingness. But that doesn't come from not having a really hard time and facing those parts of yourself, like breaking free of the hamster wheel, breaking out of the matrix, breaking out of all of those cages that we put upon ourselves that stop us from living our best lives. And like being a beacon of love and just being like, you know, simple, easy, and just offering yourself to the world. And so it was a really vulnerable process. But I, wow. Dream Machine is out there in the world now, and I'm very, very proud. Amazing. So, I'll yeah. definitely link it in the episode description yes, so everyone can check it out. Absolutely. I want to check it out. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Buy, buy a copy. <laughs> so amazing. Thank you so buy much for sharing. Yeah, I will buy a copy. I would love to. <laughs> support. That's so amazing. I love that. It's so crazy. Wow. And also just that you weren't even thinking about, I'm going to put everything in a book now. You know, sometimes you just need someone else in your life to say, no, but you need to do this. And then you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to do it then. (laughs) I know. And that that really is like, true love you know when Mm -hmm. you've got the people around you that are like just giving you a little nudge you know yeah you've got this you've got this gift so yeah just to remind you like hello share this with everybody (laughs) yeah that's what's so exciting about Gwen becoming like the most out there dolphin that I know I'm so excited about this yes Gwen (laughs) tell us about your new journey that you began called dolphin downloads what's this all about (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's uh, <laughs> it's quite a it's quite an interesting story, and it sounds very otherworldly. It probably is, but basically, I it hundred percent is. <laughs> it's 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 totally out there, and I'm sure that this will raise a few eyebrows when people listen to this podcast. Um, I stopped questioning it because it's it's pointless to question it now. But uh, in 2011, I was very sick. I was pretty much bedridden for the whole year, and in 2012, I had a, uh, a remarkable journey to healing, which actually included me uh, getting well enough to come to Thailand for the first time and having a, a full-blown healing. I mean, I literally went from being unable to get out of bed most of the year before to being able to run 15 kilometers every morning. I was having what's called a, a kundalini awakening. 
And during that time, I had a huge vision. Uh, There's my life before the vision and my life after the vision. And this vision was the closest thing I can describe it to is is what I've read about people having near-death experiences where they see their entire life flash before their eyes, which I saw my entire life flash before my eyes. Every single experience, thousands upon thousands of pivotal experiences in my life, which had made me who I was. And going forward, a tunnel of white light showing me my destiny and showing me what I was here to do, what my mission was on this planet. And in that moment, it became so clear why I had experienced everything I'd ever experienced and what I was going to do. And I was joined in that moment by a pod of spirit dolphins. And literally, these dolphins have never left my side. I'm literally followed by a a pod of of dolphins at, at all times. And I hear them. I speak with them. I speak dolphin. I've called in dolphins from the wild in the ocean you know all I need to do is go into the ocean ocean and um, and sing to dolphins and they will come and swing with me it's it's really a bizarre beautiful otherworldly incredible experience and I I've had many um what I guess are like past life regression experiences to another civilization where I am some kind of like I'm I'm leading some kind of dolphin peoples I'm like a dolphin a warrior, priestess, and, you know, explaining this to people, it just sounds, you know, I, I laugh because it, you know, I realize it sounds very bizarre, but it's just how it is. And that was nearly 10 years ago. And what I find is that I constantly tune in to these dolphins as my guidance system. And their vibration is like the the purest vibration of love, of joy, of aliveness, of gratitude, of grace, Uh, of community. And so my Dolphin Downloads um, is basically me sharing that that journey to activate all of those aspects of yourself, to to activate your joy, to activate your aliveness, to activate your love, to open your heart, to give yourself permission to dream. And, And it comes through creativity. It comes through song. It comes through dance. It comes through expression. It comes through sharing with people. So it's still a continuously evolving uh, offering and expression, but it's also super playful, you know. Um, And my channel, Dolphin Downloads, is basically a, a connection point for helping you to activate yourself into your innate sense of joy, your innate aliveness, your innate authenticity, and your ability to love, to self-love, and to reflect that love in others. Thank you so much for sharing. And (laughs) what's the Instagram? Is it at Dolphin Downloads? It's at Dolphin Downloads. Okay, um, I'll I'll link that as well. People can tune in there. And and also I'm very excited to um, this year really take off on my journey of a sharing ceremony and ritual design, which I have been doing for the last 10 years. I live by ritual. I live by ceremony. And I've I'm very um, blessed to have often been invited to help people with their own uh, rites of passage or weddings, you know, to, to celebrate their weddings. Um, I've just been asked to give my first christening um, and coming of age ceremony soon as well. And, and so I'm, you know, I, I'm really excited to help cultivate that and to help people learn how ritual and ceremony can bring meaning to to important moments of your life or even just bring the miraculous to the mundane you know it's about how we do everything every day the presence and the intention that matters and when we bring a sense of ceremony into our lives it can activate anything we do into something really powerful or pivotal so yeah so I'm, I'm excited to offer that alongside coaching and support like that Amazing. Well, everyone check out Dolphin Downloads on Instagram and you'll see what exactly what Gwen is talking about. <laughs> and also you just completed a five-day digital detox for your intuition and attunement. And how was that for you? Did it work out? <laughs> it was one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. And I can really recommend it to anybody that feels... Um, unable to concentrate, feels slightly um, wound up or doesn't feel like their focus is great, uh, feels slightly overwhelmed at times in life. Um, Actually, I read a book a few years ago called How to Break Up with Your Phone. And I really recommend that. I think it's by a woman called Catherine Price. I hope I got the name right. And it is an amazing guide um, for people to 
recognize the way that our phones are designed to program us into using them as much as possible. You know, every single app that is designed or most apps that are designed, the way that our phones are designed, they are little dopamine releasing um, machines. You know, they, they are all fruit machines and the way that we use them reprograms our mind. They are deliberately designed to be addictive devices. That is how they are monetized. And I went on a full digital detox. And the hilarious thing is that the day before I started, my laptop decided to totally break and maybe has lost all of the information I had on there for the last 10 years. And so my my intention to have a digital detox went sky high. <laughs> That's a sign right there. Be careful what you wish for, everybody. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you wish for. And, you know, be, be really clear with your intentions. Um, but I basically had these five days of switching off and deep diving into myself deep diving into my own processes, journaling, nature, being in nature, swimming. And also one of the best things, being bored, allowing myself to sit with boredom at times. And I realized how much of my time was taken up by the way that I I spend on my, by the way that I spend time on my phone. And actually boredom is a really, really important tool for creativity. It's in those moments of boredom that we actually can allow ourselves to really sit back and surrender and allow those downloads and uh, there was one point when I was doing a ceremony, uh, a self-ceremony for myself. And it was all about rebirth and shedding my skin and all these different things. And suddenly I'm sat here and a snake, a, uh, a live snake, crosses my living room from where I've been sat. And it was one of the most profound moments of my five days where I realized, wow, this is a really powerful ceremony of, of detoxing and of, of self-connection I've given myself. And, you know, when you have something like a snake, you know, Liz just had an experience with a tarantula a few days ago. When you have these experiences with animals, which are so intimate and unusual, I think that they can really signify a shift within yourself. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a good one. This is actually the first thing I've done uh, with my phone in the five days. So <laughs> we've chosen a a powerful perfect way to come back in (laughs) wow I like to take breaks as well and when I do take breaks more so like deleting Instagram off my phone so I'm not in my phone and I'll just like you know go out and be in nature and I feel the difference in myself and or you know when you're used to just like opening your phone and like just going on Instagram it's like no I could be doing something else for myself right now (laughs) instead of just like being in the vortex but um you know I feel like after hearing this I I want to do a five-day digital detox as well. Just like pre-worn, you know, maybe my parents, so they know I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was one of the things was actually it really took a lot. I had to go on it too. It was meant to be a week. I was really going for it, but it took me two days of thinking about all the things I needed to do to prepare. But now I've, you know, I've done it once. It'll be really easy to just do like a 24-hour detox off my phone. You know, just send a few people an emergency number, you know, have a have a landline or just have a simple SIM on your phone and that's it. So you can be contacted in an emergency or, you know, give your neighbor, you know, give give uh, your neighbor a contact number with one of your closest friends or your family so you can be contacted, something like this. And then you can just switch off for 24 hours. I yeah. think even having short breaks is really healthy. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> just a little pause. <laughs> okay, well, now we're going to get into the follow your bliss finale question. Can you share with us one positive outcome from this pandemic you may have experienced or any life-changing lessons you've learned? Yeah, I think for me, I've been so busy my whole life. I've been such an adventurer, you know. I pride myself on being a real jet setter and a go-getter and exploring the globe. And actually being able to stop has really, really shown me and taught me like, all right, you're always exactly where you're meant to be. And, you know, you are creating your own reality. And in stopping, I've been able to create some dreams I didn't even know I had and tap into the pieces of me that often when you're seeking distractions and like not necessarily seeking distractions, but you are distracted because your lifestyle, you know, like in the music industry, we're at parties, we're having fun, we're living, we're out, we're out, we're social, we're out and out and out. We're always out. But this has made us go in. And so 
being able to sit with who's inside and loving all of those little delicate parts of myself has been the most beautiful reward because I often forget about little parts of me. Like I push them over there while I'm running around, running around the world, doing my thing, playing at festivals, doing this, raving, having the best fun ever. But like there's so much fun I can have inside when I'm forced to. And it's like been a real blessing just to stop and go, oh, God, well, you were neglected for a little while and I love you. I love that part of me and I love that part of me and I love this part of me and it's not easy. It's been painful. It's been really painful sometimes to go, holy shit, who am I without these things and, and who am I without these stories and, you know, the ego is like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And so learning to love you fully has been the most amazing gift because I've always had self-love but this is a new level of self-love. You've got to really love who you're sitting with every day in a big global pause, you know. And sometimes that that person can be bored. Like, I'm bored of me. I'm boring. I'm bored. No, but then I make a painting and I've become a painter and I'm doing great paintings and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm a painter now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so yeah. Being able to sit with yourself and just go, all right, well, I'm just going to be comfortable with all of it and feel through the uncomfortable bits one bit at a time. It's been such a beautiful lesson. And I hope that everybody has been able to do this. I mean, it's not easy work, like having everything stripped away that we thought we were and thought we knew and, thought, you know, yeah. it's really not easy. But the best thing is, is like if we can simplify, we can find so much magic in that treasure chest in our heart. It's so, it's so, so real, you know. So yes. that's, my, that's my little lessons. Thank you. <laughs> Gwen? Yeah, so for me, I was thinking about this and also I've listened to your other podcasts and so many interesting answers that I really resonated with. But I think mainly for me, it's the concept of you create what you vibrate. You know, we have all been thrown this huge curveball that no one could have anticipated. No one could see this coming. The last pandemic was in, you know, 19, uh, it was the Spanish flu in, I think, 1915 or 1920 something like this and it's such an unpredictable thing but I think it really has helped me understand and also calcify that life is what you make of it it truly is and it's you know you can really create what you vibrate and it doesn't matter what gets thrown at you it doesn't matter if it's a pandemic it doesn't matter if it's a crisis it doesn't matter if someone has passed I mean it matters but you know if someone has passed away if you've lost your job if there have been redundancies in your work, if, you know, your whole dream life has fallen to pieces, it is the way that you respond, the breath you take, the way that you come back to yourself and you decide, how am I going to respond to this? Am I going to react or am I going to really just take a moment to center myself, to ground myself and to come at this with love? And I must say that although this has been a very challenging year in different ways, I feel very blessed that I have been able to uh, ride it out in a, you know, in, in a particularly pleasant experience really for myself, but also that comes down to having made choices for myself, which were really nurturing and really loving and really were about going with the flow rather than going against the grain, you know, when we're in the rapids of life, are we going to start swimming against the tide or are we just going to trust that the river is going to take us exactly where we need to go? And I think that that is a lesson for life or any situation, but particularly in the last year. Well, thank you for sharing both of you. Well, everyone, that's it for today's podcast. Gwen and Liz also have a very special Musai mix coming out under their Wild Surrender DJ duo on Tuesday, April 27th. So stay tuned for that musical journey. Thank you so much, Gwen and Liz, for being here today. This has been such a beautiful conversation and it's so nice to connect with you both at the same time have two different perspectives, but yeah, you're also on the same page. I'm so happy to share this with everybody. Thank you so much, Lindy. Lindsay. It's been such a pleasure and Truly, I have loved every single one of your podcasts. It is such uh, an honor to be part of this series. And I'm finding every single woman that you share the story of so 
inspiring so thank you so much for inviting us it's it's really a blessing oh thank you so much yeah <laughs> deeply deeply grateful and i can't wait to celebrate our dreams together somewhere soon i, can't I wait. hope <laughs> i hope so yeah. too you are yeah. queen most high <laughs> standing, standing by standing by standing <laughs> by I love it. Okay, well, have a beautiful day and we will see you in the future. Love you. Thank you so much. Look forward to the next time. Bye.